to episode 44 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to have some straight talk with you about getting sick and caregiving. I know we all try to avoid it as much as we possibly can, but let's face it, it happens. Sometimes it happens seasonally. Sometimes you may be dealing with a chronic issue and you just can't avoid it. And in this time of 2020, with the pandemic, it can happen with COVID which is scary even on top of just getting sick otherwise. So Robin and I are going to talk about the nuances of caring for somebody when you're sick, taking care of yourself, and maybe some tips that you can implement if it happens to you. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today, Robin and I want to talk to you about something that is very important and very timely for Robin today, (laughs) and that's how do you deal with caregiving when you're the caregiver and you're sick, when you feel like, you know, just totally wiped out, and yet there is a lot of expectations on you to still care for your loved one, and, you know, your loved one can't turn around and care for you. Now, Robin, the reason why we bring this up now is because we're also going to give you a little update on what's happened with us over the holiday season, because we want you to know, uh, you know, that we're all in this together, all human. We all go through these ups and downs and we want to share our Thanksgiving stories because I think it probably happened to a lot of you out there. So Robin, I'm going to give my like, uh, 32nd version of Thanksgiving and then let you give your <laughs> I'll take the rest of the time. <laughs> yes, cuz um story of Thanksgiving, but for me a couple weeks ago, well even as we were going into October, we were all talking about how excited we were. It seemed like things were turning a corner as far as facilities, easing restrictions and maybe families getting back in there and and so for Thanksgiving in my family, we were having family come from out of town. My aunt that I hadn't seen in a few years who's turning 80 was coming into town with my cousin and my sister and her girls and we were going to be here. My parents are here. My, it was just going to be a big shindig, right? That's what everybody was planning. It's like, let's get the family together. COVID, we're done with you. We want to be with family. But that didn't happen. <laughs> As it dwindles. <laughs> yes. The first thing that happened was that Texas spiked to, I think, a million cases or something like that. And my aunt and my cousin were like, maybe it's not the smartest time to travel right now. We all respected that. And but we were we kept trugging away, thinking that everything was going to be okay. My sisters, her family was all going to get tested with COVID before they came. But then my younger sister and her daughters got exposed to COVID. And that's when we had the tough conversation of, let's just shut it down. My parents are older. They're elderly, although they would not like me to tell anybody out there they're elderly. Let's face it. They are elderly. My dad's in his 80s. My mom's in her 70s. And 
So we just totally shut it down. My sister stayed in Oklahoma. My younger sister here, my parents, we all stayed separated. I even asked my mom, I said, do you want my husband and I, Paul, to come down and and just the four of us have Thanksgiving together? And she said, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Not even like a Thanksgiving for for four. So um, they were getting a little more nervous and scared and, you know, more and more people I've been getting sick. I unfortunately have known someone to pass away. Very, very sad um, and hard, difficult death for for this person that was close to me. So it's very. It became very, very real, and I know it has for very many people. Um, a lot of people still did get together. I passed my local Publix on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and that parking lot was full. It was jam-packed. So I know a lot of people still got together, still celebrated. And as we had mentioned in one of our episodes, that we all need to respect people's right to choose and that people's choices are all coming from different places. So I respect that everybody made their choices. Our family made the choice we made. But I do know that COVID is out there and it's real, right, Robin? It's very real. (laughs) (laughs) It has tell us, tell us about you. It has made its entrance into the Arab household. So, um, yes, we had Thanksgiving planned, and my daughter chose not to come in. She lives in California, and was really disappointed. But I understood that again. It's back to everybody has to decide for themselves. So, she chose not to come in, and then my nephew was going to come down from Indiana, and I thought, well, that's fun. You know, three people will cook. We'll have a good time, and. Last week on Monday, my husband went and got tested for COVID. And just for a point of context, because this podcast doesn't come out the day we record it, uh, we're recording December 1st. So yeah. this was this was the Monday before Thanksgiving. Right. So the Monday before Thanksgiving, my husband tested positive for COVID. So <clears throat> I was still healthy at that point, And we were told to quarantine. We have an upstairs downstairs. So we moved all of his things as much as we could upstairs. We have a little refrigerator. So he had juices and hot drinks. And I would take his food up. And, you know, you're up and down. And we mask up. We tried to be as safe as possible. And it still got got in. But um, anyhow, I remember the day before Thanksgiving, and I was thinking, well, I am going to cook a little bit because I I was starting to show some symptoms and I thought I'll, I'll be proactive. So I spent most of the day cooking and doing things. And I was tired. And Did by, you think you were getting it at that point? I, I knew I had some symptoms. Yes. So I uh, was cooking and I thought, oh, I can finally sit down. And I sat down and he called my name. And all of a sudden, all the thoughts of caregiving came flying back and just sort of hit you in the face. And it's, oh my goodness, I just sat down. What could you possibly need? So, and and because the way the house is laid out, we have a loft, it's open. So I can hear him, but he can't hear me because it has to go through several walls to get to him. So I finally just texted him and said, what do you need? And it was something so silly that I could have taken up before we went to bed or something. And I just said, okay, I'll I'll bring it later. But just the whole idea and and remembering like sitting on the couch downstairs thinking, oh, please just give me 30 minutes, 30 minutes to have a little break, to have just have a minute to myself that I don't have to go back up there. 
So as it continued, he, he stayed upstairs. This went on until the Friday after Thanksgiving. And with me having symptoms as well, we decided that I should go and get tested. So we load up, we go to a clinic and we left the house actually at 8.30. And because it's the holiday, there were a lot of places that had either already met their quota for testing or they just weren't testing. They were closed that day. So we drove around. We finally found a place. They told us we could come back at three. Now you have to remember all of this. I don't feel good. He doesn't feel good. And we're driving around town. So we get back home. We do have a little something to eat and we go back over. Well, in addition to my COVID symptoms, I also had symptoms that I felt could possibly be a blood clot. And I have had histories of blood clot and it felt exactly like that. So they then proceed to tell us to do a rapid test and send us on our way to the hospital because they want my leg to be ultrasound. So all that being said, 11 o'clock PM, we are leaving the hospital and it was negative. Thank goodness. And back home. But Allie would not leave. He would, he stayed there with me at, well, he couldn't come in the hospital, but he stayed there and sat in the car from five o'clock until 11 o'clock at night. He's cold. He's tired. He doesn't feel good. He's trying to take care of me. I don't feel good. I'm trying to take care of him. And it just is this vicious cycle. And I noticed yesterday is, well, now we're all on the same floor because we, you, you can re- we, re-merge. We, that's right. So, but it's still thinking, well, one of us has to get up and cook something. One of us has to, well, we don't, but because of me has to load the dishwasher. Some we need to, I keep doing laundry. I keep wiping things down and, and all those things. So I'm still doing regular duties. I don't feel good. And he doesn't either. And I did notice yesterday we, we got a little snippy and we were arguing about something that was so, it was like a, a made up scenario of, well, you better not do this or I'll do that. And I looked at him and I said, this is so pointless. What are we doing? <laughs> and I thought that's how quickly it just disintegrates. You, you're tired. You're probably hungry. You're, you don't feel good. You ache. And then you start picking at each other. Yeah. I've heard uh, Eunice, who you know, Uh Robin, a friend of ours, who would say when somebody was feeling like that, that they're flying low. And it's true. I mean, you're you're so much more sensitive and emotionally vulnerable and immature, really, during that that state that you're childlike in so many ways. You need to be taken care of in so many ways and and you lash out kind of like a kid right right like just arguing and nitpicking because you're flying low and you feel terrible and like you're saying i the scenario you just described of you and your husband reminds me of probably so many of our parents that they try to be there for each other but they're both you know as they age are going through the declining stages. So neither one of them are at their absolute best and their strongest and most independent. It's very rare when you have people that are similar in age, that one is super healthy and able to care for the other one. But you see these, these couples where they're both flying low and they're both more susceptible to getting sick 
and COVID. So it could be that you're dealing with one person has dementia, one person is perfectly fine, then they get COVID. You might have somebody who is just feeble and weaker, and the other person is taking care of them day in and day out. And again, what if they got sick and they couldn't do the laundry or do the cooking for a week, and the other person is trying to muddle through? It's it's hard. It's really, really hard. And you and Allie are still extremely independent individuals. However, you both got hit with this horrible COVID and it's taking, it's like the flu, right? Your, right. your experiences of it. Right. It is. And it's just exhausting and you just have no energy. So you, you think you feel good. You pop up, you do something and maybe 30 minutes later, you're back sitting down. Um, but the thing that as, as we talk about this, we know for the most part, COVID goes 10 to 14 days and then you're, you're done and you're back on the mend. If, I mean, if you're somebody who's healthy, like we are, but in the scenario that you just brought up, it doesn't end that's day in and day out. You know, I can think, okay, by next week at this time, everything will be fine, but day in and day out for these people, it's exhausting. There is no break. So we've got to remember that. And, you know, we, we, we are called daughters on fire, but we also need to mention a lot of times, and, and daughters will notice this, that if their parents are caring for each other, you do have a lot of one um, compensates for the other one and maybe makes excuses or they didn't realize how bad somebody was until they actually are alone with them or that person gets sick and goes to the hospital and now you're taking over the caregiving duties. So it's really interesting and sad to watch those scenarios play out as well. Mm -hmm. So this is a good wake up call. And I am so sorry, Robin, that you and Allie are going through this and you feel as a friend of mine once said in high school, like doo-doo on rye. She said that because she said rye bread was the worst kind of bread. So, Oh, I love rye bread. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry you are feeling so bad. But And I, I'm glad, though, that you feel strong enough to do a little short snippet today, almost like a public service announcement for all of us to be more aware of the toll getting sick takes on a caregiver and what that looks like. And just for our daughters out there to be mindful of what that looks like for your parents who may be taking care of each other when they're, when they're flying low. I love that flying low. We're, we're going to steal that from Eunice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's ours. It's ours now, Eunice. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for inspiring us. That's right. Well, you all stay safe out there and um, stay protected. And it's um, it's not fun to be sick, but we'll get through it and we'll keep on keeping on. Yep. All right, Robin, you take care and get better. And we will catch you all next week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.